0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Casual Fight Fan Podcast. This is your host, JJ, and today we'll be looking at the trailer event last night that was headlined by Vander Holyfield versus Vitor Belfort, with the co-main event being Tito Ortiz versus Anderson Silva. Before we get started, if you enjoy the type of content that we put on this channel, please give us a hit and subscribe and share the channel with your friends. The podcast also runs a Patreon page. We put out weekly articles about sparring combos for those who train in kickboxing and MMA. If you're interested, go and check that out as well. We'll put the link in the description below. Alright, so let's get into the fights. Um, Something that I've been noticing um, that's been kind of trending lately is the phenomenon of crossover matches between MMA and boxing, which are becoming much and much more common. It all started with Conor McGregor vs Floyd Mayweather, which was back in 2017, I believe, and come to think of it, it was a truly monumental event. It was the first time you saw a high-level, high-profile MMA champion step into the boxing world and compete against one of the best ever to make it in boxing. It's crazy because just a couple of decades ago, UFC was barely even mainstream and it got a lot of heat from the boxing community for being an unsanctioned form of human cockfighting. That was really a different time when people were talking about being the best fighter in the world almost unanimously meant being the best boxer in the world, which now today is totally not true, and nobody would think of the best boxer in the world as the best fighter in the world. Now, MMA has come such a long way from that initial impression And has found itself making it into much more mainstream audiences. In my mind, Mayweather McGregor really put an end to the discussion of whether boxing or MMA was the better sport. What that match taught us was that in order to be good at boxing, you have to train in boxing, and in order to be good at MMA, you have to train MMA. Different rule sets favor different styles. In order to be good at boxing, you have to train in boxing. And it's a simple concept, yet somehow people are interested in watching these crossover events. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I feel like these types of matchups might be more for the entertainment and drama value than anything else. Take Jake Paul, for example. He's now on a 4-0 record, having beaten former MMA champions in Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. Technically, there's really nothing that makes his performances stand out. Um, For instance, when he was fighting Askren, uh, Jake beat an out-of-shape older guy who just had a hip replacement, and then he fought Tyron Woodley. Uh, He got exhausted early on in the fight, and in my mind, he was really only surviving and never really put Tyron in any danger of being finished. To be fair though, sometimes what makes fights exciting is how well the matchup is made. No one would pay to see an elite level fighter beat up an everyday average Joe, and even if it's a mediocre fighter, the right matchup can really add a lot of competition and an excitement to an event. So this sort of brings us to the main event last night between Hollyfield and Belfort. It's so many ways. This was a terrible matchup. On paper, everything looks good. Um, You have a former legendary heavyweight boxing champion, the man who beat Mike Tyson, and he's facing up against one of the OGs in MMA, um, in Vitor Belfort, who's really the first person with a high-level BJJ background to implement elite striking into his arsenal. Both fighters are credentialed in their own ways for sure, but... The matchup is just so lopsided in so many different aspects. Holyfield, who is 58 this year, stopped fighting more than 10 years ago. After his last pro match in 2011, he expressed interest in fighting for the title one more time, but no promotions anywhere would give him that opportunity. Keep in mind, this was more than a decade ago. Now, ten years later, not only is he that much older, but I imagine physically he's probably in not the best condition that he's been in his life, and especially since he's retired. I know that he's been training, but really, time shows mercy to no man, and just by the way he was stumbling around in the ring last night, it was pretty clear that this fight should not have been sanctioned. Vitor, on the other hand, looked pretty impressive, um... So far as regards the shape and physique for the fight last night. Only a couple of years removed from elite MMA competition, Belfort was known in the MMA community for having lightning speed and terrible knockout power. Back in a time when everyone thought he was going to be a ground fighter and rely on his jiu-jitsu, Belfort surprised the world by displaying incredible striking and is one of the pioneers of MMA truly. During his tenure in the UFC, his eventual downfall came about when USADA stepped into the picture, banning steroids and other substances, and forcing Vitor to stop his TRT therapy. Which is why, outside of MMA, um, with testing conditions being so lax and without organizations like USADA, Vitor seems to have rediscovered his secret sauce. Um, into the fight last night he came capital J jacked. Um, he just really looked in like he was in good physical shape and judging by the power of the punches that he threw as well as the aggression that he came up came in with, it is really interesting to see him make that resurgence um, in his career post MMA. Compared to the main event, Silva versus Ortiz was a much better matchup in my opinion. In Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz, we have two former UFC champions who are both in similar condition. Um, as a matter of fact, both men are 46 years old, which is incredible because in the context of MMA history, one tends, of, one tends to think of Ortiz as almost a generation or even a couple of generations before Silva's time. Their primes never really matched up. Um... This is probably because Silva got started in the UFC relatively later in his life, and as a result, he came into his prime at a later time as well. And in this case, it's important to distinguish right between fighting prime and athletic prime, because I think that for Silva, he reached his fighting prime probably um, a couple years later than his athletic prime. And that's okay because this is a time when mixed martial arts is still evolving and there's so many different styles out there, there's so many different ways of training, and people at the time were still, and I guess they still are, uh, figuring out what the best way to prepare for a fight was. Having a technical advantage or even just a tiny surplus of knowledge was enough to get you a huge competitive advantage over your opponent, even if you weren't in any better physical shape than he was. And I believe this is best exemplified when Silva captured the middleweight belt by putting on a beating over Rich Franklin. Silva got Franklin in the Muay Thai clinch, and at the time it was a position that not a lot of people were familiar with. Franklin simply didn't know how to get out of that position or even properly defend, and as a result, he was bullied for the entirety of the round before losing the fight in devastating fashion. While he was technically past his prime then, his athletic prime, uh, Silver continued getting better even throughout his 30s, holding an impressive reign over the middleweight division against some of the stiffest, most elite competition. While that highlights his skill, I think it also really displays why MMA should be appreciated not just as a brutal combat sport, but an art and a science as well. Silva's bout against Ortiz last night in a way confirmed what we already know, which is that style makes fights, and rule sets favor styles. In MMA, striking and grappling are favored relatively equally, and for the most part, it's up to the fighters to get the match into a territory that they are more comfortable with. However, under the boxing rule set, the circumstances heavily favored Silva last night. Through his career, Silva was known for being an elusive striker. He had eloquent head movement, terrific feinting, and accurate and precise striking. Ortiz, on the other hand, was more of a brawler and a wrestler. His striking consisted of meat and potato combos throwing jabs jab crosses and overhand rights to transition into takedowns which is basically what we saw last night as well in mma he had no problem sitting in his opponent's guard and raining down punches from there but in boxing that was something that he wasn't allowed or permitted to do and as the fight began you could immediately see that Ortiz was flat-footed. He had a wide stance, good for throwing powerful punches, and probably also good for wrestling, but in boxing, that makes him a stationary target. He didn't really have a lot of head movement and ultimately ended up throwing basic jabs and jab crosses, which is not a bad thing. Um, You can be a good fighter. You can even be a good boxer with simple combos like jab, 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 jab cross, jab hook. But... For Tito, his head movement and overall his movement just wasn't there. Silva on the other hand was always on his toes and showed impressive defense. He was able to get his head out of the way of many of Tito's punches and perhaps because it was a boxing rule set, one could argue that Silva had more range of motion with his head movement. Uh, This is because in MMA you have to be careful about slipping too many punches because if your head goes too far in one direction, it could be the perfect target for a whipping leg kick or a bazooka of a knee. However, because the fight was limited to only punches, Silva could disregard the other weapons that would usually pose a threat in MMA. Even when Tito got Silva in the corner of the ring, he wasn't in any serious trouble, as Silva was constantly moving and evading the hard blows. It was only a matter of time before Silva would get Tito with that clean right hook and get the KO win. Watching older MMA fighters transition to boxing was an interesting thing to watch. Ultimately, though, it made me realize how restrictive the rule sets are, and how different an actual fight would be if it were to happen on the streets. Especially because they were all former MMA champions. Watching the boxing match yesterday, it felt like the fighters were puppets with invisible strings on their limbs, preventing them from using certain weapons. It looked like Tito was in the perfect stance to shoot for a takedown with his wide base and hands up and all, and the same goes for Tyron Woodley in his fight with Jake Paul. Fighting under boxing rule sets is definitely another beast of its own, But if that's what allows fighters to continue making a good living at what they do, then I guess there's really nothing to complain about. All right, that's pretty much all we have for today. If you guys enjoyed the content, please give this podcast a like and subscribe. And if you have any feedback, what I should change, techniques I should analyze, fights I should watch, let me know that as well. You can shoot me an email at casualfightfanpodcast at gmail.com. Alrighty then, I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.